what I thought coming in was that I would just take the dose, sit back, and my sleeping problems would go away. Psychedelics just open your mind and sort of give you the fuel to take it somewhere, mm-hmm. but it's ultimately up to you to, to do it. Psilocybin Chronicles. I am your host, Eric Osborne. I've got a wonderful conversation for you today with a guest who attended the last retreat right before COVID, put everything on pause. And I know there are a lot of people that are wondering when we're going to start retreats back up. Well, we're working on it. We've actually got a couple of small retreats in July and August scheduled. Uh, as you can imagine, there's a, an extensive wait list. So if this is something that you're interested in joining us on a retreat, then I suggest you apply as soon as possible. Uh, we are going to do everything we can to work through these lists uh, as safely and as timely as possible. Uh, but we've got to really keep in mind everyone's physical safety, their health, uh, and just the the realities of the world that we are living in right now. Uh, moving on, though, this conversation is going to be well worth the listen. I think you will find my guest, Akshay Ramakandran, is an investor at a family office previously working in investment banking. Akshay originally comes from India and moved to Chicago at a very young age. He graduated from NYU, and in his free time, Akshay loves to long-distance run watch stand-up comedy, and play poker. Won't you join me in welcoming Akshay to the Psilocybin Chronicles? Akshay, welcome to the Psilocybin Chronicles. Thanks for having me, Eric. <laughs> You're very, very welcome. So tell us if you could take mushrooms with anybody throughout time in history after now having psilocybin, who would that be and why? Uh, hands down, it would be Ben Franklin. Oh, uh, good one. Yeah, I think um, he has this really unique combination of being a very thoughtful well-read person Mm -hmm. but also someone who really enjoyed life and enjoyed the present and i think that's like a really important component to really tapping into the true power of uh of the psilocybin experience oh wow that is beautifully said beautifully said yeah and he was such a unique explorer really you know in a lot of ways uh of ideas and cultures yeah, I mean these trips last a while, so you know you, you want someone that you don't run out of stuff to talk. About. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> good point. I mean, like just the variety of things that he's delved deeply into, mm-hmm. and you know, um, he's he's definitely one of my one of my role models. What is that he had the? He had like uh, twelve, like the way to live your life or something like this list of. I, I actually I did a similar thing. Um, I, I actually. Um, did the same thing in my early 20s okay. uh, because I was um, I graduated college uh, a semester early and so I had six months and um, I, re- I, just, I I was initially going to travel um, but I realized that was a really unique opportunity to make a list of things I wanted to improve about myself mm-hmm. and sort of tick through those things and actually I got that from um, from, from Ben Franklin mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and his, it was when he, I think it was on his way back from uh, the UK, where he was like, you know, I'm becoming. Uh, it's time for me to grow up, and <laughs> these are the ways that I view myself growing up, and um, you know, that this is how I'm going to enter enter uh, adult life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, it's been a while since I've read any of his stuff, but that's something that definitely stuck with me and just uh and it was overall some very simple, if I recall, statements and kind of ways to live life, not yeah. unlike what the mushrooms often tell us, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like uh, whatever, like be honest, yeah. <laughs> you know, with everything. When it's something like, like, uh, I'm not even gonna try to go back into it. I, I do remember him having, you know, elements of integrity, different parts of, you know, yeah. like being honest to it, completely honest and true. Yeah. Anyway, good old Ben Franklin. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think he had one in there about like be careful of loose women that I think he kind of walked back <laughs> on later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was a, uh, a bit of a ladies' man, I yeah. do believe. <laughs> I wonder. Well, no, I'm not gonna go that track. So tell us, you are you're not the typical, typical psilocybin user. User, um, you came to this experience pretty pretty recently. I mean, kind of just out of the blue. So when, actually though, um, and not necessarily including the present day research, when did you first hear of magic mushrooms and kind of what was your thinking around them? Oh, the very first time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, just growing up uh you know I, I don't know maybe like middle school um you know i thought it was one of those drugs that you're not supposed to do that'll mm, you know mess mm. up your mind Where, where'd you grow up uh i grew up in chicago okay yeah uh born in india grew up in chicago um you know i, I kind of bucketed it within the same class as like you know like heroin cocaine mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. like all these mm-hmm. uh well drugs. it is schedule one just like heroin yeah I yeah, know, so. and it's and it's actually you know cocaine is scheduled two. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. That and meth. just like a mind-boggling distinction to me. Um, Must be, especially now after having tried psilocybin, yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah. So you just had this, you know, skepticism about it. It was just, or it was directly a bad thing. Yeah, mm. I mean, now that I look back, I never really researched it on my own. It was one of those things that like you hear about mm-hmm. from other people, you know, from the media, and uh, you know, you kind of just accept as as truth and you know i never really questioned it um until i was um i I went to india to visit my grandparents um late last year so you know today is what like february 21st Mm -hmm. 2020 Mm -hmm. yeah so this was like late december 2019 so you know a few months ago uh and i had like a six hour layover in mumbai and so i downloaded a bunch of uh netflix uh shows and and documentaries to watch and one of them was the mind explained it was like five episodes Mm -hmm. each one was like 20-ish minutes long Mm -hmm. and the last one was on psychedelics and um you know i was sitting there in the lounge like eating lunch like whatever just watching this thing and i I think i may have like dropped my fork or something when when i uh, heard the stats about psychedelics you know it was one of those (laughs) moments where you live your life uh thinking one way in, in a and, and, you know, you change your mind on mm-hmm. it, like, very mm-hmm. quickly. Like, when I read the stats um, and, you know, I heard the, the history of, you know, psychedelics and, you know, Nixon and, you know, the DEA, it was it, – it fit this larger pattern that I've seen where society just, you know, institutionally gets stuff wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another example of this is, like, nuclear power. Um, you know, Bill Gates talks about this a lot where, you know – People assume that, like, because of these horrible incidents that have happened, you know, in Japan and Chernobyl, that, like, nuclear power is dangerous. Mm -hmm. You know, when it turns out those plants were built on, like, designs and implementations from, like, the 50s and 60s. (laughs) And so there's Mm -hmm. been, like, Mm -hmm. no real innovation. Right. But, like, people just have this 
you know, this mental block, I guess, this assumption and this sort of narrow-mindedness about um, nuclear power. And I, and I think psychedelics is, is, uh, is a similar thing. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it blew my mind when, when I found out about it in uh, December of last year. And then I did some more uh, research, and then I, um, I I caught up with a couple of friends of mine, um, and uh, one of them mentioned uh, Michael Pollan's book, How to Change Your Mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read, you know, I didn't read the entire thing, but I read most of it. Um, again, like, continued to, like, really get interested. And then I, you know, I came across, through a Google rabbit hole, uh, Michael Meditations, um, maybe, like, four weeks ago. And I, I, I booked it um, within 48 hours um, because it was like over the next long weekend and then I wouldn't have another opportunity to do it until May. Mm-hmm. And I came because, you know, I have sleeping problems. And if I can solve that, I thought this would be such a powerful thing that I don't want to wait to do mm-hmm. uh, and to experience. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when when I have found more recently that when I do come across these game-changing insights, like, you know, I'm able to quickly change my perspective. Um, and, you know, it's, it's been a, a really interesting ride so far this week. It's a valuable trait to have, as a, you know, to not be stagnant and to take new information yeah. to assess the situation. And you went through decades, I'm guessing, of uh, thinking psychedelics were bad for you. Yeah. And to very quickly be able to change your mind around that. Yeah, that's uh, that's powerful. Yeah, it's powerful. This guy, there's a lot Charlie of Munger. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's mm-hmm. like Warren Buffett's uh, partner at, at Berkshire Hathaway. You know, he has this thing where he celebrates every time he changes his mind about <laughs> something. <laughs> I like it. You know. Yeah. Uh, I thought that. that yeah, I, I certainly celebrated on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, but let's. I want to talk about your experiences this week, but just in regards to that uh, ability to change one's mind and change perspective right now and we're just coming out of your doses of psilocybin and so much is to be seen of what you're going to gain from these experiences but do you do you feel like this is an experience that could allow yourself or others to become more open to new information and change be be more willing to change their minds around entrenched ideas absolutely uh i think you know look i'm not a scientist and you know i don't have data to back this now Mm -hmm. but my hypothesis is that that psilocybin you know and psychedelics by and large give you this rare opportunity later in life to sort of reintroduce like neuroplasticity Mm -hmm. and make your mind more flexible Mm -hmm. now what i thought coming in was that i would just take the dose sit back and my sleeping problems would go away the reality is (laughs) that you have to do the work Mm. it's just the psychedelics just open your mind and sort of give you the fuel to take it somewhere Mm -hmm. but it's ultimately up to you to to do it and i think that's one of the things that is that i foresee the uh, medical and research community kind of struggling with this Mm. because it's not like it's not it's not going to work the same way that like um you know, uh, a, a cancer treatment drug works where all you got to do is take it and then the right. drug does all the work. Yeah. You know, you have to do most of the work, <laughs> I think. I completely agree. And I wonder um, how that's going to go over with the populace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, one of the things that we frequently uh, experience down here is having to help people 
understand that this is not a uh, A plus B equals C type drug or experience. Yeah. Right. And there's a lot that goes into the equation and the yeah. outcome changes depending on what your inputs are. Yeah. Psilocybin is just one very important, very powerful input, but it's just one. Yeah. I like what you said. It's like the fuel to motivate the change and it's yeah. up to you to direct it. Yeah. Because yeah. like what I found was, you know, my core problem I realized was just like restlessness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, without it, you can do all this stuff like yoga, meditation, um, and, and, you know, you can talk to someone about it and, um, you know, you can do all these things like, you know, you can have all these um, exercises you do, like whenever you think about something stressful, like, you know, think about like something else that co- sort of calms you down. But like, you know, as you age, you know, neuroplasticity does diminish. It doesn't go mm-hmm. away completely, mm-hmm. but it does diminish. And I think this uh, drug basically, you know, um, in a physiological way, gives you a second chance mm-hmm. to sort of change your mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. that's, that's really powerful. You know, y- your point about the equation, I, I think the reason why psilocybin or and psychedelics by and large are going to be very difficult to capture in an equation is because there's a feedback loop, like a really strong feedback loop, because um, your mindset going in drives the experience. And so it's... Equations can maybe I'm just maybe I just don't know of this, but I don't think equations can actually capture feedback loops, right? Because like if you think about the way equations work, it's like there's either one or many inputs, and then there's like maybe one or many outputs. Mm-hmm. But the outputs never influence the inputs. <laughs> in math, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, at least yeah, I, I'm, not I'm from never, that single equation. Yeah, right, not yeah. that like I've seen, right? Not yeah, from like yeah. one equation. Yeah. Um, huh. And so like. Feedback loops are really hard to capture uh, in, like, a, a mathematical way. Um, uh, at least that, that's what I found. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I'm by no means a mathematician, and I'm not trying to come up with a mathematical model for the psilocybin experience. Yeah, <laughs> nor should you. <laughs> Do you think that you've come to any deeper understandings, uh, the source of this restlessness that you've been struggling with? Yeah, Um the way I would describe it is, you know, all my life I've always been attracted to the idea of greatness, mm. um, you know, to be great at what you do and to accomplish great things. You know, not not just individual greatness, but also just like greatness for society, like making a real impact, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we all on average people in you know, the developed world have like 80 years to live in this era and, you know. I wanted to, I, you know, I have a deep desire to make my life like a, a beautiful canvas mm. and to do great things. But, um, you know, I was, I was talking to one of the other uh, guests about this book, Sapiens, and, you know, it's about you know, the, the history of, of mankind. And, you know, y- you've situated your retreat here on the beach, which I think is great because all I, you know, I probably watched like thousands of waves hit the shore and, you know, in the grand scheme of things, uh, a, a lifetime can be, s- like, is analogous to a wave hitting the shore, mm-hmm. right? And I, what I realized was, like, yes, it's important to have purpose and, you know, to be able to do great things. But it's way more important to, like, enjoy the limited amount of time that you have on, on the planet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I realized, like, if I continue down this path, I'm just going to live, you know, the next 50 years 
worrying about um, how I'm going to make like the next day, the next week, the next year, the next decade, the next multiple decades great. And I'm just going to miss the point of enjoying life and, and, you know, it's, it's beauty. Uh, and I, and that thought kind of terrified me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a horrifying thought, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the mushrooms turned you into a jellyfish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Walk us through your experience. How, how, how did the experience that you had lead to that outcome? Yeah. Experiences. Um, Sure. Uh, so first experience, you know, I, I look like I, I wanted to take a higher dose coming in because, you know, I think you guys have a great support system here to really push the limits of this, of this medicine. And, um, you know, so the first dose was five grams. Um, and it was really intense. Like basically I forgot who I was, why I'm here. And I forgot how to speak. Right. So I and I lost my sense of time. And so I in that moment, I had no past and no future Mm -hmm. because I and like because I couldn't remember who I was, why I was here. I had no past because I couldn't think or speak for that matter. I had no future. And so I like the, you know, psilocybin basically forced me to be present. Um, And and so yeah, like like I said uh, when we were sharing, it basically turned me into into a jellyfish. Like I had you know no ability to <laughs> to think intelligently or you know think at all. Um, and the second trip, uh, I decided I upped the dose to six grams, and I wanted to try to replicate um, the way that the um, Johns Hopkins and NYU uh, trials on mm-hmm. psilocybin are are uh, structured, and so. I went into my room, I put on the, the Johns Hopkins playlist and I put on my eye shades and I did sort of journal and, and think about, you know, why I'm here and everything going into it. But again, at six grams, like my mind got wiped once again and being inside was super depressing, uh, especially like, you know, on the come down, hmm. um, being there by myself. Um, and you know, to your point, like you were saying, like I could have just walked outside, like I could have just decided <laughs> to walk outside, but that thought never occurred to me. Like I just felt so, you know, alone and, and, and weird and embarrassed to, to come outside, um, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Um, and then the third time I thought, okay, you know, I've tried inside, outside at high doses, you know, I've tried it the way that, um, folks at Johns Hopkins are doing it. And so I thought, well, and and the second time you kind of had that same experience of just complete yes loss of self yeah yeah just there in, yeah. in either of those experiences was there a judge were you value judging the experience within as in this is okay or not okay um yeah certainly in the second one I was like you know like what am I doing here like this is such a waste of time like hmm. you know my sleeping problems aren't really going away. And it was almost like I was being restless, like, during the trip because I was thinking, like, okay, like, there's a reason why I'm here, but I couldn't quite remember it. And then I was like, oh, it's because I want to solve the sleep problem. And then because I couldn't – and then I was like, okay, like, let's solve the sleep problem. But then, like, I couldn't go anywhere with that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, my mind was just blank. Uh, and, like, you know, I saw some, like, visuals, but, um, you know, it was it was nothing. It was empty. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And – um, but you know, I, 
I wanted to continue having an open mind because I had a third shot at this. Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, coming in, I knew that this is a highly suggestible medicine. Mm-hmm. And if you go in thinking it's not going to work, like, like if you go in with the mindset of like, yeah, like this isn't going to work, but like, I'll give it a chance to change my mind. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work. Yeah. It's, you got, you got a tough road to hoe there. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it's so, a Kentucky colloquialism. What's that? <laughs> you looked at me like, what the fuck? Hey, that's a Kentucky thing, a tough road, a hoe. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, go ahead, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Um, however, on the third try, I thought, okay, you know, let's lower the dose um, so that I don't turn into a jellyfish. <laughs> Actually, like, do something productive with the time here. Uh, and I wanted to stay outside um, and really... After the first two trips, the lesson I got was that I just need to be more present Mm. Um, because I think my restlessness is caused by, you know, sort of shame and regret about various events in my past Mm. and anxiety about my future. Mm -hmm. Um, And so and I was and so I was neglecting the present Mm -hmm. was like that was kind of the. The takeaway I got from you ever have those nights where you just lay there thinking, damn, I could have said. It's just something else. I could have said something, you know? Yeah, yes. Those are the kinds of things, yeah, or like that, like, oh, this thing that's coming up, how am I going to, you're trying to pre-imagine all the events that could yes. happen and get ready for them. That is exactly the kind of the Fun stuff, stuff I huh? think about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, so, I mean, yeah, so the, the third one, wanted a lower dose, wanted to be outside, because I'd, I'd realized that, like, you know, being outside in nature, you know, because, like, the nice part of being outside is, like, the moment your trip kind of takes a direction you actually don't want it to take, um, you can just open your eyes mm. and look at the the beautiful beach and, and scenery out here in Jamaica. And, you know, you can you can have it's like a reset button mm-hmm. on, on your mm-hmm. trip. So now you can go back um, and, and try again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not I'm not sure. You know, whatever happens is right. Um, I have certainly found there to be a lot of value in sticking through the unpleasant stuff. It it will shift. True. Um, but yeah, it's 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 also a okay to open your eyes and do a reset. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I think the other thing for the third trip was um, the type of music I decided to listen to was mm. very different mm-hmm. um, from from the, the, the previous playlist. Uh, one of the other guests had mentioned that he listens to um, Indian music um, during, you know, as he sort of goes into the trip. And I thought, you know what, like, let's just try something else. Like, I was, I was ready to, to change a bunch of stuff about how I was going into the trip. Mm-hmm. And man like i don't know what it is like i think maybe our brain like our brains react certain way to certain notes and there could even be like an evolutionary um basis for that because you know certain cultures have like certain sounds that um you know map to like the the regions that Mm -hmm. that they're from um and you know i'm like very Indian, right? Like my both my parents are 100 percent Indian. Like my grandparents are Indian, my great grandparents are Indian. So like, you know, <laughs> and my entire life I'd kind of rejected uh, like Indian culture and, and values because it's deeply rooted rooted in religion, and I'd always thought of religion as like 
a narrow-minded way to live life. Like I'd always valued freedom and trying new experiences. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, you know, my, for my, my grandparents, for example, you know, I was in India and, you know, I was like, Hey, like, let's go to a restaurant. And they're like, no, we can't have onions on like Thursdays and Fridays. And I was like, <laughs> what kind of stupid rule is, is what? that? Like what? you can't have onions on like Thursdays and Fridays. Because they're, they're devout um, Hindus, and you know, yeah, they, they the Catholics got their thing about fish on yeah. land and all that. Yeah, I grew up in that. So anyway, yeah, I, mean, I don't know if it's like Wednesdays, Thursdays, or whatever, but yeah. it's like certain days that they can't have onions. Huh. And I was like, you know what? Like, even if there is like a higher the being, about the, do you know why? It, no, no, I just I don't <laughs> I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Maybe I do now, but like I don't care enough to even ask. <laughs> yeah, well, because like they'll just they'll just say like it's part of the rules. Like you know, they don't really think mm-hmm. about why. Mm-hmm. You know, they mm-hmm. just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I'd, I'd always had this impression that, like, you know, Indian culture is it's so, like, limiting. Like, it's not rational. Um, you know, it's like, wh- why not? Why wouldn't you just enjoy life and, you know, enjoy freedom to, like, try new things, have new experiences and not limit yourself? But I think one of the things I missed, which I was able to grasp uh, during the third trip was... Um, the importance of like the emotional mind and just feeling the present and um, feeling experiences rather than, you know, like rationalizing them. Right. Like, it's like, you can say like, Hey, like I went to Jamaica um, and like, you know, I saw, you know, Jamaican culture and like, you can intellectualize the whole experience, but I think that's kind of missing the point. I think the point is to like feel it, right. Mm -hmm. Like feel the, like, you know, um, the laid back nature of, of folks here and like, just like their perspective on life. Um, you know, Courtney was mentioning how, you know, she went to a grocery store with a friend of hers from, from the U S and, uh, you know, like the electricity like went out, like right when they had like a shitload of groceries (laughs) and like, you know, there's stuff like milk and stuff that would go bad if, if it was just like, if it just stayed out in the heat for a while Mm -hmm. and then the power just went out and, you know, her American friend was like freaking out. <laughs> it's like, whereas like everyone in Jamaica was like, oh, like the power went out. Like, yeah, like we're just, we're just going to wait, we'll just right? Wait till it comes back on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what else are you going to do, right? Yeah. Like, freaking out about it is just going to make it like so much worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, so that's a, a big lesson I think I got amongst many others, you know, happy to talk about uh, during during the third trip. And, and I think this is a, medicine that is about like you know as sappy as it sounds about like love and warmth and emotion and not about like statistics even though the statistics are really powerful (laughs) but like it's a question of like how you measure it and the degree to which you take it right like you can't come into a psilocybin experience and expect it to work like a mathematical or logical proof where you are able to like logically explain every single thing that happens in the mind mm. and sort of map that to, to reality like you know maybe at some point we get to that level but just because we can't get there i'm afraid that people are gonna like not trust the uh the medicine and my deepest hope uh is that that doesn't happen that people realize that this is like an emotional drug and, and really the only way you can experience that is if you go into it and you go into it with an open mind, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. then once you experience it, I think it becomes like 
a really obvious thing. Like, eh, well, I think we've, s- I, I certainly have seen a number of very rational individuals that have a very hard time letting go of that rational mind and feeling it. And I think, yeah, you've probably seen a couple here yeah. this week as well. Uh, so it's really pretty impressive that you have such a um, statistically oriented brain, uh, but you're willing to embrace the experience and continue to go back to it, especially after having those two relatively unpleasant experiences. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you have also seen uh, a a more uh, linear exploration of the medicine where people were two and four, eight, 12 grams and getting more out of it each time. So yeah. seeing how highly individualized it is Yeah. and how each personality and type it, it, it is a factor in this equation. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think if people go into it with an open mind and they experience that warmth and connection with you know life and and with mankind and you know the rest of the world, I think then it becomes obvious. Mm-hmm. But I think mm-hmm. like there's a big mental block to getting there. Yes. Um you know the funny thing is I bet like there's so many other drugs that are legal that aren't under like such scrutiny. And I think like oh psychedelics God. like through like a quirk of path dependency and like you know the, the Nixon administration and like DEA and like all this stuff like are just people are just gonna are being like actually irrationally analytical about it when there's so many other drugs that like you don't have the, the same level of analytical rigor and man, they're those perfectly uh, legal five like, hour energy drink things that people just take you yeah. may take them I don't know I'm not making any judgment I don't know. that shit has got to be bad for you yeah. there's no way and yeah. it's just like you know right in eye, kids eyesight. Yeah, <clears throat> and, and yeah, and just not scrutinize until something horrible goes wrong. But we assume that with psychedelics, something horrible is going to go wrong from the start. Yeah, it's just completely unfair. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not advocating that like you make it perfectly legal and you can get no, it at a grocery no. store. Yeah, but like, no. you know, I feel like the bar that people are r- like putting up to just like experiment with this in, um, you know, in a controlled setting. Is, is a lot higher than, than it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what's really interesting about this is you, meeting you and early on this week, uh, if I was going to generalize, I would say you would, I would assume you would fit very well into the Johns Hopkins model, right? Or the more clinical model. Yeah. Uh, just because you're a, uh, you know, that's the world that you walk in. Yeah. Right. Um, but when you had that experience that was more kind of in line with how that's orchestrated, uh, yeah. it was not at all what, you know, appealed to you. And I, I, I wonder, I haven't really talked about this with you on a personal level, but what's your, what is your personal connection with nature and how much do you find yourself able to be in nature? Growing up very little. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think now, you know, even before psilocybin i think over the last year or so i've um been sort of traveling more Mm. um and and being out in in nature a lot more and wanting to do that but it's been a very recent thing uh you know i'd say um minus the last year like the eight years before that i kind of just like kept my head down and uh worked really hard and Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. was really focused on school and and work um, and even when you said that, w- talking about when things get a little rocky and you want to open your eyes, you go open your eyes and there's the beauty of the trees or the plants, the ocean yeah. or whatever there before you. It's just, I think it's important to note how 
valuable nature can be is a calming and a reassuring element of a psychedelic trip. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, maybe, I don't don't know, maybe you'll you'll find yourself seeking that a little more. For sure. You know, we've talked a lot about just the beauty of the trees and the individual plants and the species here, but there's, this world is such a beautiful place. Yeah. There's so much, even in cities, there's so much beauty around to be seen. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the most powerful moment was when, you know, th- like this is when like language becomes limiting in terms of like being able to express what I experienced. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the closest thing that comes to it was um, the tran- the transcendent experience that like Timothy Leary describes in his like in his manual to, to tripping. Mm-hmm. Um, it It's like I, I felt this level of uh, connection with you know with with the planet with and with mm. the, the species and um it was just like this incredibly like warm and like happy feeling that like i was part of something greater have you heard of the overview effect uh the, the thing with the astronauts, the astronauts when they look they, at yeah, yeah it yeah. was so jonas actually uh, mentioned that and it was yes same same yeah. thing yeah there's a Apparently, there are some astronauts who have also used psilocybin. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Uh, so I've heard that uh, have said that it is the same. The sensation of looking at the Earth from the moon or from space is the same as that experience that you had with psilocybin. Yeah. <coughs> I mean, I it just when you have that experience, it's just like stupid shit that like we worry about on a daily day, <laughs> day basis like seems so funny like you've been checking the stock exchange no i know the, the nice part is like i i'm more like long-term oriented so like i don't actually even check it like daily when i'm at work uh-huh. um but yeah like and not that that's stupid shit not that mortgages and families yeah. but really all of it you know the worry that we put in even to our personal lives over relationships and things that really matter yeah. to us individually on a deep emotional level yeah are really not that important yeah mm, like so. i remember when we were uh waiting for people to like get on the bus to go to lunch today mm-hmm. you know people were like getting restless like you know they're like oh like are we still waiting on someone like come on like what's <laughs> going on it's like who cares mm. like where you gotta be? Where you gotta go? Yeah. Anyway. It's, like it's, e- it's very easy to get back into the you know, into that mindset and that's why we can remind each other, remind ourselves. Yeah. You know. Hey, it's cool. We don't have a memory. Yeah. We have nowhere nowhere to go, nowhere to be. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So what do you think this is gonna look like as it unfolds? Uh, or or what in your ideal vision uh does psilocybin wellness look like when brought to the populace because and i agree it can't be just openly legal right now you you don't go into the shops and just pick up some shrooms yeah right um but further than that what's your what's your ideal vision uh i think my ideal vision would be very very different from (laughs) the probabilistic likelihood of what actually (laughs) that's okay (laughs) contribute anyway maybe we'll help to throw some look like in an ideal world um there would be other like retreats like this and you know you would have a a much higher volume of people coming through Mm -hmm. because look like i've i've tripped three times and like i i haven't really done the research like all i've done is like read pollen's book and like really experienced it here Mm -hmm. and you know watched a couple documentaries and did some more reading online but my opinion is that 
the way that you're doing it, administering it here is the, is like ideal, like the group setting, um, being out in nature, doing it during the day, being by the ocean, uh, having these great facilitators there to guide you. Um, I think like these, those qualities Mm -hmm. I found were, um, they actually made for like a very, um, incredible experience um versus you know when i was holed up in my in my room it was just like it was depressing um to to sit yeah, there what, what he said when the the first one when you were the same the jellyfish and he said at least you had a good view yeah exactly <laughs> yeah at least it's pretty <laughs> yeah uh and yeah and there, you know there's a lot of ways that those elements could be different you know uh, and there's a lot of a lot of amazing ways that this can be employed i think about uh how different a mountain retreat and experience would be yeah and the grand look out over the expanses uh, yeah you know and then the ocean adds another element uh, yeah forest is a completely different element but yeah nature you know hospitable <laughs> right natural environments definitely seem to be key to having uh, a real powerful quality unitive experience yeah yeah. yeah. You know what I found funny was on the, on the third trip, I, I opened my eyes and, you know, I saw um, Tashoy, you know, the nurse that um, you have on staff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I get like why she's here because, you know, you want to have a nurse in case something goes wrong. But the reality is like she's just like sitting there the entire time. Yeah, like, no, yeah. we've had <laughs> like there's yeah. actual people in like hospitals that could be that, you know, would need a nurse. Whereas, you know, we're doing like a very right. we're using a very safe. I think um, medicine well, even and statistically, yeah, it's very safe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's ironic to me as well. Yeah. She's a wonderful, wonderful personality yeah. and becoming much more than just a nurse. So far, the only thing our nurse has done is take out some some extra earwax from a guy's ear and then swim in. <laughs> <laughs> and you've how. had like what six hundred people come through? Or yeah, almost yeah. almost seven hundred people now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So psilocybin is extremely safe if. In, like you say, a secure, safe setting with people that care and who have experience, right? In a natural yeah. environment, soft environment. Yeah. Uh, so. And, and I think, like, this has been said multiple times, but I think this was a really great group. Uh, mm. And, you know, um, perhaps not every group gels as as well as, as we did. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, I do think the, the group dynamic is, is great because one of the things I was kind of have always been struggling with is like um like greatness versus happiness Mm. and you know greatness requires focus and like focusing on your individual craft and that can take time away from other things uh that you know where you enjoy life Mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. and i realized that like you know like greatness would be nice to have but like happiness is a must Mm mm-hmm uh and then further like most of the things that like make at least make me happy and i found make other people happy is like being around other people mm-hmm. i mean like i found like very i found very there aren't that many th- activities that like things that i like doing like alone that like make me ha- like you know like yeah. laughing like having a good time with friends you know maybe you know going to a concert or, or like uh and so like being around people um 
was really uh, a, a great part of the experience. Yeah, I think it's uh, extremely important, really. Um, it w- there would have been a positive impact if you would have come down here and done just a private experience, um, but you would not have gained nearly as much. The perspectives that you gain from others observing how the medicine works, and particularly for someone, again, like yourself with a very rational mind. Yeah. I think that's really helpful uh, to being okay with your experience, right? If you came here and you turned into a jellyfish twice and you'd have anything else to compare it to or to look forward to or to think there was an alternative way that this could play out, it just seems to drive the experience for everybody. Yeah. Um, And then, like you said, so much value in community. I really think that the rise of psychedelics will be one of the most important things in the next like 50 years. No, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Given the, you know, uh, scale of like the, the, um, you know, mental health problem, uh, mm-hmm. you know, across the world and, you know, the impact that, um, psychedelics have on, on solving. Absolutely. This. And I think individuals like yourself have a really valuable voice. And that's why I wanted you on this show because you are just this kind of like the straight edge, the, you know, not the guy that people think, oh, he's going to take psychedelics in Jamaica. Nobody, I mean, you, I think yeah. you said one person you know knows why you came here? Uh, yeah, one colleague from work. And, you know, I, I told my friends, um, you know, they they were um, they were curious, but I wouldn't say that they were, like, dying to, like, come necessarily. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I hope that I can, I can change their mind. Yeah, I mean, I, I would... I would imagine so, uh, you know. And like I said, you're an intelligent person. You hang around intelligent people, I would imagine. A little bit of information goes a long way for people that are willing to listen. Yeah, I, I think the broader problem is just, like, um, people are just sort of siloed and in, in their individual fields and don't have, like, a broad set of mental models and frameworks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that what that ends up leading to is, like, a reduced level of open-mindedness and you know fortunately like in my job like i'm forced to be open-minded uh in you know in research mm-hmm. and i've seen like some pretty incredible results when you have mental flexibility and so you know i'm lucky that i have a job that allows me to do that but you know if you don't have you know a day job that values mental flexibility you know it, and you, know, you don't actively don't. do it. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's tough. Uh, you know, I think um, Warren Buffett had this quote uh, that was like, the chains of habit are too light to be felt until they're too heavy to be broken. Mm. And mm. what I think is really powerful about these drugs is, or, you know, th- this medicine, I should say, is that it allows you to break those chains. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it gives you a second chance. I think it's really important. Wow, excellent, excellent. So if you were to be able to influence a wider swath of the population with a billboard about psilocybin, what would that say? You know, it ideally it would be something that appeals to the emotional side because that is the core essence of what psilocybin is, I think. But the goal of the billboard would actually be to influence change. And I think statistical, I think like stats, some sort of, you know, smoking cessation stat or mm-hmm. like, um, you know, anxiety reduction or depression reduction stat would actually be more powerful. Um, just straightforward information. Yeah. 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 Just like undeniable fact. And, and, you know, 
generally people value like certain institutions for certain information right like so if for example like if like if i say something versus if like johns hopkins says something like Mm -hmm. people are obviously and they should listen to like johns hopkins right so Mm -hmm. like the billboard should ideally be from like a source that people trust and view in like high regard um and i think like the stats would probably be more powerful but i think like as it gets administered i think i i hope that like people realize the importance of the emotional side and not and putting away the rational side mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. a moment yeah but you know until we get there we're going to need a lot more science we're going to need a lot more evidence for the masses uh, especially since like i said we got this um scheduling thing still to deal with i mean yeah you know research is it's happening but how fast can it happen with all these hoops that we have to jump through and it's it is going to take quantifiable scientific method measured information to yeah. really be able to change those institutions uh, which is fine all for that yeah Myco meds is going to be hopefully we're working on some projects here to be uh, contributing to some research uh, aside from the ICL study that we just participated in some myco specific stuff and that's really exciting uh, we've seen a lot of amazing change and i think that we're going to still see a lot of amazing stuff coming out of your experience over the next weeks and months and i hope you'll continue to share that with the group and the whatsapp thread and yeah um, absolutely all of us yeah yeah it has sure been a pleasure having you here this week and on the podcast with me akshay thanks so much yeah of course thanks again for having me absolutely now see now Didn't I tell you? That was a great conversation. You know, one of my favorite things about this job of mine, (laughs) running the retreats, uh, is that I get to meet so many amazing people that for one reason or another, I would never encounter otherwise. Akshay's an investment banker. That's, you know, not the circles that I tend to run in. Uh, I'm not a numbers guy (laughs) Uh, right now. And I don't know, it just does me so much good. It shows me how small this world is, how much we are all more alike than different. And it just really, really does something for me. And hopefully for you all to hear that, you know, these diverse perspectives can come together around a singular topic and find so many commonalities and uh, just so much food for thought and conversation. Akshay, I really, really appreciated your presence throughout the retreat. You made a heck of a jellyfish. <laughs> but no, seriously, Akshay had a couple of, well, several excellent points there. Uh, the first one, you know, you heard in the opening there that you've got to do the work. We've got to do the work. And that is so true. Psychedelics are a tool to help us see where we need to make changes. They can be the catalyst, but we have got to do the work. And I hope you're doing the work. I hope you're taking this time to really put in the effort to improve the quality of your life with or without psychedelics. And then, secondly, the most important, probably, definitely, is what Akshay said about happiness. It is a must. Now, of course, life's going to have its ups and downs. 
and there's you know there will be moments today has have had my struggles today <laughs> uh, but we've got to choose the life that makes us happy that brings joy we're only here for a short time folks there's really no sense in wasting that time on anything other than what brings us real true joy unless we absolutely you know there are, like i said there's times we've got to got to do the things that we don't necessarily enjoy but our perspective our perspective can make even those challenging occupations or instances uh, bearable if not altogether joyful so much about perspective and we have the ability at any given time to change our perspective I hope you enjoyed this interview, this conversation, and I look forward to sharing more with you in the future. Thanks as always. Yeah.